listen to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I am your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered the studio for episode 227. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, you been getting into anything interesting this week? Uh, not too much. I went back and did a little uh, uh, a refresher on the on the James Bond movies, and actually, okay. um, uh, I got through the first three. And, like OGs, um, OGs? No, no, oh, okay. the Daniel Craig ones. Okay. Because the last one, um, it started off with him going to visit like Vesper's grave, and I was like, "Who mm-hmm. the fuck is Vesper? Yeah, what the <laughs> hell? what's going on?" Yeah. I mean, but it's not like heavily important to the context of the movie. You know what I'm saying? They more or less flesh everything out. But um, she is really important to the overall like story arc of, <clears throat> excuse me, of um Daniel Craig's Bond. So. You know, she's she's essentially the 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 counter Bond girl. She's the mm-hmm. one who none of the James Bond's charms works on, and she also happened to be a double agent working for the was being like blackmailed by the enemy and shit. So the anti Bond, you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like everything, you know what I'm saying? Like he was able, she was able to read him super well and know all of his bullshit. None of his lines wouldn't work and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that that one was pretty pretty fun. Um, the first one. Uh, actually, Casino Royale was like it's it's like up and down for me because it was actually pretty fun a lot of times, but a lot of times mm. it was just some motherfuckers playing cards and you're just like, all right. But cool. you know, it was Casino cool. Royale was actually really. I don't I don't know if they did it on purpose, probably, but that was right around when online poker was getting really really big, and so <laughs> <What's> it? <laughs> so it was just <laughs> so salient, sense. you know. Yeah, and I do remember that, everyone yeah. in my family likes to play poker, so I actually really enjoyed Casino Royale. Uh, in uh, using that theme, but yeah, yeah, the show was cool, man. Fucking Mads Mikkelsen was a was a pretty dope. It was villain. the first time I was ever introduced to those plates. I was like, "What is that shit? This niggas is banning plates." <laughs> Yo, damn, I'm broke, nigga. Big ball and nigga, shit. I'm broke. You know I mean? I'm over here like. Five dollar, ten dollar table, nigga. They like yo. We bet plates. No, no, no. Ho ass, nigga. You need a milli. What was it? Ten milli to buy in, bruh. Just to play at the table, nigga. That shit was rough, but that shit was pretty dope too. Like especially watching um um Quantum of Solace and and uh, Skyfall. It's like, bruh, man. One one thing I don't like to watch too much is when the the writer just keeps beating the shit out of the main character, and that's the story of bro. fucking uh, Daniel Craig's Daniel, mom, bro. Yo, I do explicitly remember that in those movies that Daniel Craig takes a beating, takes so many L's, yeah, like a he gets beating. fucked up, like yeah, <clears throat> and not only just like and physically he, too, yeah, but also L's, like, like um, not just yeah, not just ass whooping, but L's in general, yeah, he was like losing fucking all, all, losing all his shit. contacts and like. People who fucked with him would die, and then they would blame mm-hmm. it on him and like fail the missions. You know what I'm saying? And then get blamed for the yep. failing the mission that he had no chance well, of fucking succeeding quit, at because it was organized for him not to succeed. Like, damn, <laughs> bro. Yo, they turned off my nigga's credit cards, bro. He's like, yo, I'm trying to book a flight real quick. They're like, uh, sorry, that's canceled. He's like, all right. Somebody's about to call you in five minutes telling them to go to Egypt. And, like, the next screen wipe, he went to, like, Brazil or someplace. I don't remember where he went, but he sent them in the exact opposite direction. <clears throat> 
but my man, it, it was it was a fun ride overall. It was it was super fun, mm. um, and it, it's actually. I thought you when you said you took the ride with the with the uh, James Bond movies. I thought you went back to the Pierce Brosnan ones, but then I, I thought you like, even went back to the Sean Connery, Connery like, ones. I was like, wait, weird. did he go back to Sean Connery? Nah, that's too far, man. Yeah. That's too far. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny, said yo, and, and I'm gonna talk more about Rick and Morty in a little bit. But there was a comment where <laughs> they talked about how Sean Connery uh, was in the Highlander movies, but did you notice he had his same accent? Yeah, I, talk, I spoke you, about it when I spoke about it. Oh, movie. you remember what his ethnicity was, right? He's like, I'm from Spain. My yeah, name is... the Spaniard with the fucking Scottish accent. That shit was hilarious. You, you said My name that? is Ramirez. I'm from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Bro. Spain. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm missing that last when I spoke Connery about it. Connery with the fucking, with the Scottish accent, bro. Like, I guess that's that, that plays on, like, Americans don't really recognize accents. For, or it's, and also, and also, Sean, it's Sean Connery. Don't nobody. No uh, one cared. Exactly. It's his performance. Not not only that, but like Sean Connery ain't gonna listen to nobody, but hey Sean Connery, you didn't take a voice code so that you can sound Spanish. All right, <laughs> I'll get right on it. Yeah, th- this is a Scottish person doing a Spanish <laughs> accent. This is what it sounds like. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that movie. Sean Connery's Double Seven was. Moments, man. Yo, talk about misogyny, man. Like Bruh. he slapped a couple women, didn't he? Like <laughs> yeah. that shit was bad, bro. In real life. Oh man. Okay, was it it was in real life and it wasn't in the movies? Um I'm I don't think it's ever been reported that he slapped anyone in real life, but he oh, okay. just famously said that you're supposed to yeah. hit women with an open hand. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming he, if he's really the best on national TV. But talk about assu- cultural differences, bro. That he's done it once or twice. Like, culturally raised, they're like, yo, you just never hit a woman. Like, it's just, it's taboo. You don't do that. And he's like, well, you, you hit a woman to discipline he's her. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. With a closed fist. You never hit her with a closed fist. He's <laughs> like, like um, what, a, what an Arbitrary distinction. If you hit me with a closed fist or an open hand, I'm still gonna fucking fight you back, nigga. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, shit. It was a wild uh, time, bro. It was a wild time. Nah, it wasn't. It was wrong at all. The, the whole that's. The, I love when people say that shit. I'm not. I don't even get mad anymore. It's like, oh, you're just stupid because that's crazy. It's like, hold on. It always hurt to hit people. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, it was a different time. You know, you had to discipline. Like, no. No, but I'm talking about <laughs> him, mean. though, because yeah. he said it on fucking Barbara Walters. I know, and he didn't get crucified. That's, what I mean. oh, That's he the did. crazy part. He when did. He said it? People came at him for sure. Oh, okay, but it's okay, just, okay. You know, A, he's Scottish, right? So if America, like, never watches any of his movies, they're going to like... <laughs> B, he, he was already James Bond and had his money by then, so... And, and he wasn't acting like... Uh, I think... Yeah, all right. He stopped acting regularly like, quite a while back. Because, you know, Ronald Reagan, he used to slap hoes all the time. That was like a thing for him. You know what I mean? And they still loved him. So I figured Sean Connery could, he could get away with it, no? They uh, love their actors, no? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Sean Connery didn't really have a, 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 a sterling career after that. You know what I'm saying? He didn't? He had like maybe four movies after that. After no. like the Barbara Walters joint, yeah, like that was nineties, right? That was that had those. I was and pretty much what, what did he do? In I know the 90s? I'm asking. Like, I don't know. Rock? I don't. I think so. Yeah, I think it's, I it's around like mid nineties, right? somewhere around. 90s. Yeah, because then he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, why is that That's your. That's your. That's your. No, 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 no,
I was gonna. I was. That was one movie. Uh, I'm gonna say that was one movie. I say that, but I love League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That, that movie was fucking. Dope. I enjoyed I don't that care movie what as well. Anybody says, but um, and it had really good the, the, the CG, like the the sub and hell all yeah, that stuff exactly. was really well High was fucking lit. Oh hell yeah. Um, Dorian Gray, I thought it was done really what? well. Yeah, um, fight scenes, that weird ass car that they had with the long front. I don't know what that was all. The actually, that, that is a real like car design. The, um, actually, the dude that that was like the imitation Brendan Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> rude. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Where he at though? Where he no, at no, no, though? <laughs> Listen, I said it was rude. I didn't say it wasn't true. <laughs> but um, no. I, I mean, he did other stuff after. I was just, I, I meant sure. that I to be one in, 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 a, in, a, in a couple of other I'm just movies. being an asshole. I don't, um, even, I don't even know that. But honestly, I can't really put my finger on too many things he did after that. But he was old already, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was already but, at the tail end of his career. You're that right. That don't mean shit, bro. Like, you know, look at Christopher Plummer, Plummer, John Hurt, fucking... Oh, I mean, all of them. Look at John Cleese, uh, fucking... John Cleese was in video games. See, I mean, that nigga's acting, acting, like... Yeah. Um, but I think, like, he just... I think he was just and all done with yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I thought. I think he was just done with it. Just didn't want to deal with that. But he yeah, no, seemed no. like the type of old dude that was just like, yo, I'm chilling. Don't tell me nothing, bro. Get out of my face. Yeah, I, and I was only commenting because uh, niggas was getting away with wild, reckless shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was, yeah. just, if you were I was surprised that... You know, like Trump says, if you got enough money, you could just grab yeah, him out of pussy. Yeah, grab pussy. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys are wild, bro. Like... Yo, you, these online dudes, yo, these these online personalities now who be everywhere, these niggas constantly get caught grooming young underage women, like constantly, like it's a problem. This is why I got into this. Literally, like, people don't seem to understand it's a cultural issue. It's not an individual problem. These, and I'm not, and the individual committing the act, yes, that's their individual problem, but the industries. The fact that they have a a prevalence to attract these people, it's a cultural issue. You know what I mean? That that's a cultural issue. The the individual acts, those are individual acts of depravity that need to be put onto the the the, the individuals. But if you're looking at the analytics, come on, man. Like something is attracting these people to these areas, you know what I mean? But anyway, listen, uh Actors have been abusing women for a long time. Like the the acting industry has been very, very not friendly to to women for a long, long time. But that's neither here nor there. Sean Connery, it was fucked up then. It was fucked up today. I didn't expect it to actually stop you from working though. To be honest, I thought it was the water they swim in. To be, you know what I mean, it is what it is. <clears throat> no, I think it. Um, now he retired in like two thousand seven. It says here. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying officially, but before that he wasn't really. I think what? Oh yeah, he had he had you know first night just cause, the Avengers not the good one, <laughs> League of Extraordinary Finding Forrester. Oh, that was a good movie. That was supposed. That was in the 2000s. That was 2000 exactly. Oh, you're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. Yeah, <laughs> that was wild popular. Bro. Right, TMND. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that was, I can't believe that's that. a blast from the past right there, bro. Like that, that, and it was so funny because, and as a kid, I watched it and I really didn't didn't see the 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 cultural appropriation and how it really wasn't appropriate for him to 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 be approaching that young man that way. <laughs> and honestly, it is. I think it's kind of damaging to show kids those kind of movies because that shit isn't healthy. Like as 
kids who identify with the actual characters. You know what I mean? If you don't identify with that character, then it's pure entertainment. But as somebody who is young and being thrust into spaces that are mostly white in the academic sphere, bro, that shit was toxic as fuck to my thinking, man. <laughs> it took me a long time to break out of that shit. But yeah, man. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Fucking Sean oh, Connery. Okay. Nah, he was already pretty much retired at that point. Because yeah. the, the, the Barbara Walters interview was in uh, 2000, December 2006. Oh, wow. That, oh, yeah, no. We was ready into that. Announced his retirement in 2007. So, you oh, know what I mean? wow. Damn, I guess that was that, the run-up. That was the run-up right yeah, there. He's like, yo, and before that, I don't give a fuck about bitches. I'm out. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> That's what hell of a writing on the wall, man. Of a mic drop when you're on your way out. It's for retirement. It's like literally the the times changed on him like in real time, my nigga. Yeah, no, that was the cusp. No, that was the cusp, bro. That was right around when 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 people were like, "Yo, you can't be talking to women like that, bro." No, can't do that anymore. What are you doing? Chill out. That was yesterday. That that was before Y2K, bro. You can't do that. But I really, I, you know what it is though. Honestly, I think that that whole that that whole transition in society, I think, really was a very small subsection of society perpetrating that behavior, and the rest of society just putting their head in the sand and trying their best to ignore it, because it, it was never okay. It was, it really was never okay. Like, like at at what point in your life did you think it was okay? Never, right? Like, you, you saw know. the pain it caused people, and you're like, nah, man. I was never raised that like was, that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it was never okay. And even the people, you know what's the, what really what it really was for me is that growing up and seeing that the people who were telling me it was bad were also failing at it was like, okay, that shit must be really bad. If the people were doing it or even trying to tell me, like, yeah, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, damn. But yeah, um... I don't, I don't know that 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 whole misogyny thing just no. I'm glad that that society took its head out of the sand for that one. It was like, yeah, you know what? You know, it's it not really that many of you guys that are that are okay with it. You know what I mean? The rest of us really just don't care to fucking deal with you guys because th- the people who are okay with that behavior are also the loudest and most aggressive people <laughs> to begin with. So it's like, you know what? Mm, I could just ignore your ass. <laughs> You know, it's funny. When I came up, from, I came up from Jamaica when I was ten, and the Little Rascals was really big around that time. Mm-hmm. And it would, it would just be like on in households whenever I went around. And I remember one time it, they were like, "Oh yeah, we got the He Man Woman Haters Club. No girls allowed." And I was mind blown. I was mind like, bro. I did not. I was like, hey, "What's going on?" Bruh. <laughs> What's up with that? You know what the funny part is? Is that it's like, I don't understand this club at all. I don't know and, if I want to be a part of this club. Me and my brother were far enough apart that when I saw that, I was. I, th- I thought it sounded weird, but. It's the little rascals, so fuck it. That's what that's what we do, and we he man woman haters. <laughs> and my brother was old enough that the first time he heard me say that, he laughed at me so hard <laughs> that I was like, "All right, fuck that shit." Clearly, nah, man, fuck this he man woman hater shit, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with that. That's the that the nigga made me response. feel so stupid. <laughs> For saying that shit out loud. And I was like, yeah, nah. Okay, no, 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 You no, feel no. me? Like, I was I was an adorable kid, man. I was do- I was getting doted on by women all the time. So that shit been sailed for me. I didn't understand what y'all niggas was on. Bruh, bruh, the women in my life were always so affectionate and <laughs> kind to me. me? And the ones who weren't were typically the ones that no one liked. So everyone talked <laughs> shit about them. So I was like, all right. <laughs> so I don't know what's up with this club, but uh, I'm going to be over here. Yeah. Yeah, it was so crazy, like... 
that was I guess that's one of the one of the more early reflections in in popular cinema where you saw adults writing children not as children. Mm-hmm. Cuz those were clearly not children. Hell no. Child, you know, children's I mean, thoughts, I don't you think know. So. Yeah, no. And, and, very few children feel the heartbreak necessary to make an entire club <laughs> to show solidarity for their hatred of women. You know what I mean? Who hurt you? Yeah, like who the fuck hurt you? Like nobody. You too damn young. Uh, yeah, your dick hilarious. don't even work. Your dick don't even work. How you gonna get a bitch to fall in love with you when your dick don't work? No, I said I gave her a cookie and then she gave it to her own friend. I gave her a dollar. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I remember one time when I was in uh, like middle school, I wrote a girl a poem and gave it to her in like um, in the beginning of the day. And by first break, all her friends was like reciting lines of the poem back to me and laughing. At wow! Why was they laughing though? So, so I can imagine like I can imagine sometimes when you're young, savages. The heartbreak can be like savages. Yo, fuck all of them. <laughs> They're, They're all, all in on it. They're all against me. Trampling on little Rico's heart. <laughs> Just like, yo. Yo, I was like, I was fully hurt by that. I was like, yo, hold on. I, that that's verse two line this motherfucker. Right? <laughs> when you started reading, you thought they was just playing around singing shit. You recognize your <laughs> like, own words. You're like, wait a second, what? I was like, wait a minute. I was up all night writing that shit. How you know that? I put it in work. Those are bars. <laughs> My heart. Yeah, no, it gives me cruel, man. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, um, I don't even remember how we got there. But uh, <laughs> he met woman haters. Yeah, misogyny in the nineties and shit. Yeah, fuck that. But um, yo, I finally watched Free Guy. Speaking of which, oh, uh, what'd you think, bro? So. I want to I want to give a halfway review and then I'll give my full review. Okay. So about halfway through the movie, I was like, you know what? For what this movie is, it's a solid eight. Okay. It was a Pretty solid good. eight. You know, it was it, it as an action movie. It hit it hit all the the beads. Uh, the script was good. The the casting was good. The CG hit. So if it hits on all of those things. The only thing it was lacking was like, like a like a, a a kind of moving moral to kind of round out because that you know I that is that. something mm-hmm. you know what I mean. The soapbox is what they called it. In- but then, Lil Rel came out and <laughs> and 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 put this movie at a solid nine for me. I love this movie. You know, the best, I love this movie. The best fucking security. That guy's the best security guard in the F- world, <laughs> bro. And so, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it. But hey, um, when Lil Rel comes in and he's having his existential crisis about what is real, free guy, that is, blue shirt. Mm-hmm. And Lil Rel was, was like, listen, you're here now with your best friend doing something you love, trying to help me do, you know, recognize reality doing something that that we that will make us both better so what does it matter what's real you make what's real and and even if it's not real we always operate from the perspective that it is and that's Mm -hmm. honestly how humans on an everyday basis go about because we go about with the illusion of safety we go about with the, the 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 theater of 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 security that you know our society provides but we all know that it's a lot more precarious than it really is. It, that's a, 
that could be an existential trip for a lot of people. But um, we keep pushing anyway. And that, and I think that that allegory was very salient in that moment. And so I was like, okay, all right, they got me. This really, <laughs> this movie really did 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 hit on all all cylinders for me. I like this movie a lot. For me personally, I, I, I don't know if everyone will be as moved by it as I was. You know, my one critique was that I thought that the the, the love story was was probably the weakest element. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that was a plus for me personally because I don't like rom-coms like that. Yeah, no. It, it, when I say it was the weakest element, it was just... <sighs> there was no development for it because there was no place for it to be developed in the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like when, when I was kind of putting the pieces together i came to a completely different conclusion like i i was like oh i was like uh i thought it was what the, fuck the bubblegum ice cream for me i thought yeah, that she wrote like, bubblegum ice cream into the personas of all of her ai so that they would recognize her and then when they recognize her <laughs> that will spark it that's what i thought but it's like no it's a love thing it's like, all right, whatever yeah. that can work too yeah but and then that's also why it i i felt like it was the weakest point is because it was actually completely unnecessary there was okay. absolutely all the plot elements to lead to that same conclusion that all they had to do was say that that's what it was. You know what I mean? Um, so it was clearly put in there because the shareholders were like, well, you got to balance out the movie somehow. And it's like, balance? What the fuck are you talking about? It's like, well, you got to bring in the, what if a guy brings his girlfriend? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That has nothing to do with the story. And they're like, yeah. you're not listening to me. And it's Pretty like, much. all right, I get it. <laughs> you you know, that's to, how I feel. It probably went you down. You need to appeal to the female demographic because this movie's primarily appealed to dudes. Even so. though the lead is a female and she did a good job and she, she was, was badass dope. and sexy and all that stuff. She and she didn't need to have a, she didn't have to be the love interest of the male lead. Like that's so fucking nineties, you know what I mean? This is twenty twenties, <laughs> baby. You know what I mean? Like, yo, we are we, we live in a more progressive time, you know what I mean? She doesn't have to be the love interest of the male lead, in my opinion. But anyway, that's my that's pretty much my only critique of the movie for the most part. Um I love the pacing. I love the I love how the at the halfway point of the movie, like I it could have ended at the halfway point, but the twist was relevant and yeah. <clears throat> brought me back into the yeah. story. You know what I mean? So yeah, dude. Super well free guy. And the um <laughs> the fucking antics of Taika Waititi and the and the two IT guys. That fucking guy. <laughs> that fucking guy. That fucking guy. God. Taika yeah. Waititi first uh, he so clearly good. either either he he did it ironically, which I hope it wasn't. I hope he would did, I hope he made that character as the embodiment of everything that people who love video games hate on purpose. Bro. I hope no, he didn't do it ironically I and that bet, he was just making the character and that's how it came out. I and it's like, holy character shit. is a combination of like three or four people that he's met personally. And I had to It has to personally. be, bro. Oh, that guy. The, the, the I'm lines. Telling you. The yeah, lines. Like the, the, the lines. Oh. The mannerisms. Like, I feel like that's somebody that he's met and interacted with several times. Insipid. <laughs> just completely strikes super trite. hard to be charming but like just, just failing horribly com- every pop cultural reference was forced and completely unnecessary <laughs> Yo, his but shoes. at the same time hilarious Yo, his shoes, though. at the same time hilarious oh gosh this guy man yeah no i mean the character is really well done man and i i love i love the um the, all the cross promotion in it like when 
During there the was final a lot of fight that. when when they went to go fight. There was he a Mega Man the promotion. American Shield, yeah, that was dope. The Mega Man Buster and, Cannon was nice. And then uh, when when he busts out the, the Captain America Shield, and Chris Evans yep. was like, "What the yeah, shit?" Yeah, and they they flashed to Chris <laughs> Evans, yeah. Which damn, dude, they had a lot of deal. Marvel gave the thumbs up to. Free- oh yeah, because he's duh, he's Deadpool. He's like, yeah, yeah let me get a couple of rights, yo, just and cameos, and I'm, it'll be profitable for everyone. And Taika Waititi is oh, um, and Taika, yeah, is also involved, and also directing. They did some. Um, and he's actually appeared. Yeah, they did. They did some. Uh, what's the name of that shit? They on YouTube. They did some cross promotion where Korg and Deadpool sit down and they reviewed some of the things that happened in Free Guy. Nice. So they're they're doing all sorts of cross promotion with with that. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're leading to. Now, but it was pretty funny. I will. One other critique that I will give it, and it's not one that I actually that I dock any points off for because it's bound to happen is that if you aren't familiar with the terminology and how people project avatars into digital spaces, like on a regular, if that's not a regular part of your Canon, you will be confused. Cause Carolina got lost. quick. <laughs> she didn't realize at, at one point she thought because there wasn't like a more digitally cartoony representation she felt like they were projecting themselves into the digital space and so when they were flashing back and forth to themselves in two different areas once they realized the reality and the avatars that was it was completely disjointing Mm -hmm. and constantly hearing them talking about ai algorithm uh avatar ai did not help that's too many a words that the person doesn't have regularly using their lexicon to be throwing at them, and uh, so that was yeah, it was it was confusing for her. But um, I constantly kept reminding her when she was when she would get lost, and so she was able to keep up with it. But yeah, you know, other than that, um, yeah, dude, it was fun. Yeah, very much, Super very fun. fun ride. Oh man, I love fucking dude. That dude was hilarious. <laughs> yo, yo, Giga fucking Giga Brian, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Mega t- Giga Chad, Bro. Ryan Reynolds. Yo, they, I love how they were like, yo, we didn't even finish putting clothes on him. And so when they showed the avatar, it's just a tattoo of a shirt on his chest. It's like, oh, okay. They didn't finish oh, programming clothes on him. Got it. That's I love what they meant. He's like, there's three things that I can't stand. I don't remember what the first one was. And the second was like, TBD. <laughs> yeah, he kept inserting, like, uh, placeholder dialogue into his speech cat's phrase <laughs> that was great man yeah, they had some day. really good jokes in there that shit was funny what'd you think of uh Channing tatum he was and hilarious his character. his character was I, I i didn't understand any of his motivations or why he was doing anything but his character was entertaining for sure feel me just random streamer dude yeah random streamer dude was like why was he in the like the fortress place like why did he have the data that they were looking for that's his fortress that's like his his pad but but why did he have the data oh it was just something that he happened to witness and he keep and he kept track oh, of it oh so he witnessed that okay mm-hmm. he just happened to witness it one time and he just archived it and that see, was see it would have been copy. nice if they would have gave us a clean shot of it, it was like him doing something stupid in the background with the main <laughs> shot of like what they were trying to show us or why they needed to see the the footage yeah. you know what i mean that would have been a cool little shot to help clarify that but yeah i mean that's just me backseat driving you know what i mean uh yeah dude fucking free guy Definitely, for me, the the career rating is a 9 out of 10. 
Like I, I, I never expected it to be no, as absolutely good as it blindsided did. the shit out of I me. I thought it was just gonna be like, oh, it's some goofy. I expected Ready Player One, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? And it's Ryan real, so there's gonna be a handful of annoying jokes in there. But no, they, they, they delivered. They delivered in there. I'm with that. Yeah, it had just enough cheese for me. But yeah, other than that, um, I've been watching Rick and Morty season five. Uh, I know I'm late on Rick and Morty season five. It's been out for a while, but it just got onto <laughs> HBO Max for me. So uh, I've been catching up at men. You know, Rick and Morty is in my top five favorite animated shows of all time, period. Right up there with Boondocks, Castlevania, Rick and Morty, uh, Exo Squad. Um, just, um, it's just such a really good show. Like, holy shit. I've never been able to predict a Rick and Morty storyline. <laughs> never once. And most of the episodes have two parallel storylines happening at the same time. And the way that he's managed to, and, and yeah, there's continuity errors. Who gives a shit? It's a cartoon. <laughs> you know, the way he's managed to like interweave this exceedingly complex family dynamic into a like um to where like there was the uh there was the multiversal Rick and Morty's and like in season five they introduced the multiversal uh Summers, uh Beth's and and Jerry's and it's just like holy shit. The whole family he he's been re uh reiterating his family over and over and over <laughs> throughout the multiverse to see if one of them will actually fucking get it right, which is my which is actually a prediction for me. I think that Rick's ultimate plan is to see if he can ever fucking get his family life right and so he's just iterated it infinitely thinking that hey with infinite time and infinite um space any all possibilities have a hundred percent of being realized and so yeah i think that that's his overall plan but that would be the first time i've ever guessed it which i rarely ever do and so um yeah rick and morty's season five man my shit can't wait to finish that man like, I'll probably um, talk about it more in depth after I finish watching it because every arc seems to have a pretty, a pretty, a pretty interesting over, overall uh, theme to it. You know what I mean? Like, last season was, is, is Beth a clone? And the identity crisis that comes with knowing that, you know, you could possibly be, be an artificial being type of thing. That was the overarching theme. And then, uh, in season uh, three, it was like kind of the God complex that Rick has and the universes that he creates and goes and plays God in outside of his main um, his main universe, things like that. You know, so I'm, I'm interested to see what theme is played in this one, because boy, oh boy, man, Dan Harmon, man, I'm, I'm definitely a, a huge fan of his writing, man. He's he's got a talent for that shit because he writes stories like like none of them follow like your typical your typical arc. You know what I mean? Like every every one of his shows has an arc with a trough and then an arc and then a trough and then an arc and then a denouement. It's like you're gonna go up, you're gonna go through several like holy shit, what's going on moments before you get to the okay, all right, and then the wrap up. <laughs> but yeah, I th I think that that's a that's a <clears throat> a, a great skill to have as a writer is to be able to to keep a, a story ebbing and ebbing and flowing without seeming like all right this is too much because a lot of stories end up mm -hmm. doing that just that they can't manage the balance mm -mm -mm. so yeah that's pretty much uh brindle uh long and short of what i've been watching so let's go ahead and jump up into some of these topics um in gaming man oof it's been uh not a great time for square enix in the uh live service area because you know 
right before um was it yeah right after avengers dropped uh they kind of wanted to stay the course on this whole live service model uh that they were pushing and so they got together with platinum who was hot at the time coming off of the bayonetta and all that good stuff and uh they were developing plat uh babylon falls okay boy oh boy needless to say they recently released a demo of the game and it's not good it's it's not good and unfortunately the the issue that it's running into is that they don't understand what makes or they well they do it's square enix they have final fantasy 14 they refuse to invest again what they did into final fantasy 14 into a new uh uh franchise because they have avengers they have now babylon falls and square enix has the experience developing games in all of these genres to where they should be able to successfully launch one of these but it's somewhere between the monetization and the featureless launches that these games they're falling flat and it's really bringing the question like what is square enix really pushing here because, I mean, they at this point, they're making so much money off of Final Fantasy XIV, they can afford to do these things and fail as many times as they want. But what are they achieving by putting out games that don't meet their own standard of quality? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I get it. Like, putting out a game and then sticking with it and then, you know, getting the feedback and developing further into the future. But when, you will, when you're putting out games that are that are, you know, objectively worse than the games that that have been put out by either of these developers individually, I'm not really sure what the business plan is there. You know what I mean? No, they're just chasing the the monetization and the loot boxes, man. It's bad, though, because, I mean, especially with Babylon Falls. Babylon Falls, I think, like, didn't even break 10,000 concurrent players or something like that. Like, it was abysmal on demo. Like, it was... it, It was a... Games have have pulled launches for worse demos than this, you know, and so I I'm not really sh- and and the, my thing is is like it's this is not an indie developer this that's what I expect from an indie developer if this was just a a, a small studio that's getting into the uh into the 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 um online service scene I could kind of see it but this is Square Enix and Platinum. You know, uh, I forgot who who Square Enix worked with on um outside of Marvel on the Avengers game, but um these are not th- these are these are people who should like where's the QA? Like how is QA letting this happen? You know what I mean? Like this shit is wild to me. Like these games just and and then the worst part is is that the what uh the ones that are releasing with uh with um uh early release windows for for reviews i mean they're giving it they're putting it in people's hands <laughs> they're putting these games in people's hands don't worry guys you'll like it i promise you know what i mean battlefield 2042 battle babylon 12 these games are just bad you know and and i don't know i i 
I take that shit personal. Like, if 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 you if we're doing consistent business and then all of a sudden it just the quality just drops off and you're just and you're not going to address it and you don't say hey this is X Y Z what's happening we're transitioning this is a new we're you know whatever we're using new development tools we have new criterion like something if you don't if you can't give me some reason as to why the quality drops off that then the goodwill is what's going to drop off you know what I mean like at some point I feel like you know Square Enix is really going to hurt themselves they're going to hurt themselves with this you know developers you, you know there's so many good indie developers coming up now with um the success of things like Elden Ring coming from so- from software like from software just just is can no longer be considered indie they 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 have now defined AAA when it comes to action RPGs and their own established genre of, of souls likes you know what I'm i mean i'm trying to tell you man like <clears throat> like eight out of my my la- yeah probably like seven or eight out of my last 10 games were like indie games from smaller studios yeah that's just that's just how it is it's like it's the same reason why hollywood keeps recycling the same movie over and over again it's because the people with in charge of the money don't want to take risks on making new things because when you try to make good games you know there's a decent chance that it might fail and nobody, well, not a decent chance, but there is a chance that it could not be anywhere near as successful yeah. as you intended. So rather than take that risk, they'd rather just, you know, they'd rather just have a gold farm. And I don't know, man. It, and it's sad because it's like, and 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 I'm really, really like, I'm super impressed with what I'm seeing with Elden Ring. I can't wait. I'm gonna wait a little bit, and I'm gonna scoop up Elden Ring and Stranger of Paradise. Are you gonna get into either of those? I'm not familiar with um uh, Stranger uh, in Paradise. That's the but, new. Um, that's the Final Fantasy Origins, Stranger of Paradise. It's a it's a pretty much a Souls like, but with Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, no, no. I don't really play Souls like games, man. I don't, I don't enjoy the the extra difficulty. Of well, those my types thing is games. is that I've my thing about action RPGs is that. Uh, I don't have like I have good reaction time, but I can't do the the, the the high speed button mashing or like you know rhythm game type you know devil may cry combos i'm not into all of that and so i I feel like the souls like genre is going to be right up my alley you know what i mean like i I like the slower combat i'm cool with that as long as i can i can get good timing as long as you're not asking me to like do that shit for 15 20 seconds straight of constant button mashing with time nah like I don't know, man. I've seen some pretty intense videos, some videos of some pretty intense Souls games. Well, no, I expect them to go longer, but it, they're slower paced. I got you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand oh, okay, what you're okay. saying. Yeah, yeah. It's not... You mentioned before that the dexterity is an issue, so you don't like the games that are a little hyper-focused. Yeah, hyper-focused. So, so I'm looking forward to getting into that, and of course, Stranger of Paradise is similar. So that's going to be my, my entrance into the genre. I'm going to stick it out through both of those so i'll I'll give some some game reviews for those when they when i uh when i get through a significant portion of them but yeah that man from software went straight to the top with that release man and they they put the work in and so the whole point of me even bringing that up was to say there are there's becoming a preponderance of evidence that if you just get good writers people with good ideas and people you know good developers and and yes the 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 shareholders they they can have a vision and a desire to make profit 
but they can't be involved in the design process. They just can't be. They have no place in that process. And you can tell with Elden Ring that clearly nobody on the money side had anything to do with how that game was developed because it goes against all of the, the things that you see in, in, in these other live service games because there was so much of this game that could have been monetized. Like, the game is so densely packed with content that you could have easily sta- released it in, stage, uh, in stages with paid content and so forth. And who's to say they're not going to do that in the future? I don't know. But with what they put out on release, it would absolutely be worth it to pay for more. Because it's not like they withheld it from you on launch. You know what I mean? They gave you your absolute $70 worth on launch. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but, you know, it's like you and I have said in the past, they made the decision for you. You know what I'm saying? You got to vote with your wallet. So they made the decision for you by making a shitty game. So just don't pay for it. And that's, and that's, that's just how you got to do going forward. You know what I'm saying? And, and let me tell you, that's a, that's a lesson we have to teach <clears throat> our children. I don't think enough Americans have that, like, internalize that idea like vote with your wallet stop paying motherfuckers for shit that i mean isn't good it should be a lot simpler than that right don't pay for people to abuse you it doesn't make any sense (laughs) it doesn't make any sense why give your money to someone and expect them to fuck you up in return or to give you like less than what you paid for like that's always irritating me like i i i'm someone who i guess it's because like i come from extreme poverty i don't really have i don't value money that highly but at the same time, like, I have no problem spending money on shit that I really, really like as long as you give me my money's it's worth. worth. That's it. That's all I ask for. If you don't That's give it. me my money's worth, I will trip and I'm never going to come back. You know what I'm saying? That's how I am. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll pay, spend a lot of money on, on something. But if the quality matches the price, then... Absolutely. And no problems. And I love indulging in expensive things once. Yeah, you know I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna make a habit of it. But yo, man, yeah. yeah and I'll do some expensive but... shit once in a while. But yeah, no, don't don't rip me off of my one time that I'm trying to experience my expensive shit. You know what I mean? I'm very... that That's that's how I've become with video games, man. I've been burned too many times with video Bruh. games. And I'm saying, got di- distracted by the pretty cover art on the box and shit, and paid for a shitty ass game. Nigga, you remember I've buying games and lessons. never and not knowing what the game was like? <laughs> you feel me, Bruh. <laughs> Yo, right? Like now, I don't even buy a game unless I go on YouTube and watch like a Yo, what top five things for new players to know about this game type shit. Yep, I need to know. Like, is this game a piece of shit? Is it? Is it worth playing? I appreciate all the YouTubes, YouTubers out there that, that that bite the bullet, and I'm sure they've played a lot of shitty games. Yo, but you, you remember back when games were like not playable? Like they would re- like you know, yeah. Indie studios yeah. would release unplayable games, yeah. and it was like, how the fuck did this get published? And you're like, yo, is this really like so bugged that I can't actually get through the level? You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck? Like, yo, that shit is wild, man. I remember those days, man. The funny part is, is when people start exploiting the bug and turning it into a completely different game. Oh yeah, but that was mostly on that was a a lot of disc games because it wasn't a lot of cartridge games that were released with bugs like that. But when it came around to disc games, PlayStation, Dreamcast. Bro, yeah, when it came to those indie games, man, you had a like Jade Cocoon was one of my favorite games, but boy, was that shit buggy. Oh, so, so, so buggy. But, um, yeah, Dreamcast was legendary. Anywho's, uh, it's sad that that 
you know, Babylon's fall couldn't because the 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 reveal cinematics that they were that they released were so promising. <laughs> That's how they get. Well, you. that was, and that was one Ooh, of those. That that's was, why I go to YouTube because I've been burned by them shits too. That was at the height of the scam previews, bro. You the scam me? trailers. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We, we, scam we trailers. We went like full circle. At first, they used to put like super fancy looking trailers, and then the gameplay footage is garbage. And then they just started faking the entire gameplay footage with someone just pretending no, 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 to play no. along. Mine. Oh, hold on, I gotta. My nigga, as a gamer, this is like one of the most infuriating things. When you found out that they were releasing cinematic trailers without having any gameplay developed, <laughs> they hadn't, bro. When they was it was it a a a destiny that they did not even know what kind of game they were making on their launch or the release trailer. The devs didn't even know what kind of game they were making at that point. Like they they set the um. They sent the the fans the trailer they would send to the investors to get them hype about the project. Yeah, bro, niggas is wild. Like how you come on, man? And and then they would release the games and they would be completely and utterly like, oh, this is not at all what we expected. How 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 sway? <laughs> it's good times, good times. Man, I wasted a lot of money like that. You know, and then you go back to GameStop and they're like, "All right, we'll give you four dollars." I know, yo, give you give you ten percent of what you paid for it on some bullshit. You know, I give you about three. I, I really, it, it sucks, but nobody really talks about how much scamming went on in the gaming industry. It's a, it was big time scams, yeah. which is why it was so profitable for a long time. There was this, I remember in school, we learned about this one dude who got financing to make like, I think it was the first Baldur's Gate or some shit. It, it was something with THQ. And then he fucking completely failed. He didn't know how to make a, a, a video game at all, but he convinced them to give him a fuck ton of money. Uh, the game failed. He couldn't even make, he couldn't even finish making it. And everybody went under because of it. Damn. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Pretty much mm. killed mm. an entire company just by lying to people, by pulling a, a fire festival. Damn. Yo, I can do it, bro. Just give me a ton of money and see. I got it. Oh, bro, that, that, that's, when I, that, that's when I knew that I was over that whole fucking reinventing Anna show. When she was dating <laughs> the Firefest guy, I was like, all right. All <laughs> right. Wait. Oh, so in real life, she was one of the people he dated? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Scammers, birds like, of a feather. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I'm pretty sure that like maybe ten percent of it was based off of a true story. And yeah, yeah. It, it, very, very little of it was based off the true story. You can dramatize that shit because that does make for a good story. Because that that's hilarious. just pure fantasy. Pure oh. fantasy. Can you imagine like two of like? Because so there's no way that she goes to jail and he doesn't go to jail. <laughs> She's way too high profile of a of a thing, and for them to be that closely in contact, <laughs> shit. I'm pretty sure my dude did go to jail, right? No, think, Billy. No, nah, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, they just they just like locked out. Nah, him his and Ja are still partying. Him and Ja Rule still partying. <laughs> of course, Ja Rule is. I really want to. I really want to know what Ja Rule has to say about Ukraine. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> 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 Man, don't nobody give a fuck about what Jaru thinks about what's going on that rack. Is that what it was? Oh, oh man, that's a fucking old school Chappelle reference. I know, man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving on from that, 
funny. It's murder. That's what he thinks. Yeah, I thought this shit was hilarious. So writers at The Root go on strike. Now, if you're familiar with The Root, it's a outlet for black journalists. And evidently, not even niggas treat niggas right. Because <laughs> they're going on strike uh, for equal pay. Um, I'm assuming that this also uh, is calling for equal pay across gender lines, um, calling for livable wages for people across the spectrum. I'm assuming that the people who that uh, are on the the lower end of the uh, of the spectrum in terms of employment make piddly shit. You know what I mean? And so yeah, especially for an online uh, uh, an online uh, outlet, they probably choose people in states where they can you know charge them the lowest amount exactly pay them the least amount and yeah so uh the writers at the root are all going on strike and i was just like man it's a fucking shame man because the root is it's supposed to be a place for black people to congregate and this is partially why in the the 60s and 70s the socialist movements uh uh, coalesced around minority communities so so readily is because in these communities the the i there was already ideas that we're already being discriminated against based on whatever ethnicity or or race we are let's not discriminate amongst ourselves and have all of these disparities like we would like it in an environment of equal pay of of recognizing gender equality, of recognizing um, um, LGBTQIA rights, and all of these things, like those naturally folded over into these organizations. But then as these organizations got bigger and became profitable, they took on the same corporate structure that was responsible for, guess what? Exploiting and, 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 and abusing people in the ways that they were evading from in the larger corporate uh, journalist spheres and so it's like damn dude this is what i mean like it's a culture problem it's not a race issue it's a problem of the culture of 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 corporate entities and the way that they 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 isolate or they 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 bring power they solidify it in 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 hierarchies that have few and fewer people and those people are going to want people like them around and so it's going to be exclusionary just on the face of it just on the face of it, it's, it's, it's why flattened structures, flattened hierarchies work better when you're in work environments. It's the only way you can really uh, achieve some kind of uh, equality um, among the disparate demographics represented in a workplace. Otherwise, as you solidify power and fewer and fewer people, those people are going to attract people like them. And now they might be people who look like them. Or it's more than likely people who think like them. And the problem is, is that when the people that think like them, you know, share traits that are corrosive or toxic or problematic to society, we're empowering those things. Even if we don't know we're doing it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what I see is happening here at The Root, is that... Unfortunately, the corporate structure has promoted people to the top who were just as exploitative as the people who ran the structures that minorities were being abused by before. And it sucks because you'd hope that these these uh, uh, minority-owned businesses would at least hopefully culturally insulate themselves from the type of things that cause the kind of rot 
that called that that has you know CEOs who are megalomaniacs you know at the top of of big corporations. But no, nope. It's I think it's and that's I think that's what they mean by it's systemic. Like the system kind of generates these people through the kind of competition needed to get to the top. Yeah, capitalism keeps itself alive. Yeah. By empowering the people most likely to keep it alive and putting down the people who are most likely to fight against it. I know, and that's always been my fear. Like, I've always wanted to consider myself somebody who could who could make social change, but I was like, man, they shot Martin Luther King dead, man. And when he didn't die, they smothered him with a pillow on some bullshit. You know what I mean? They killed Malcolm X. And, and, and that's part of the dangers of showing children, you know, what happens to revolutionaries, is that if they have a revolutionary spark... <sighs> You're definitely doing a lot to 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 work against that because that shit's scary. Thinking that man, so you're telling me that the more right you are, is the more likely they're going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. But oh. it's important to understand that though, because you, you, the last thing you want to do is head into the shit blind. Yeah, I just think it's something that you want to engage with with your mature mind, like because it's mostly for the it's mostly sterilized, like it's. It's mostly not not something that you have to. Um, it's mostly not something that you have to fear. Like they're even though they shot Fred Hampton when he was what twenty one. I mean, you know, I, I don't. I just don't think that we want to introduce because I was real young, like twelve, when they introduced me to to kind of the life, the real life and history of of uh, Malcolm X. Yeah, you're not going to start a revolution at twelve, are you? No, but. <clears throat> It definitely deterred me from wanting to to ever be the the public figure of a revolution. Like if I ever started a revolution, I would never be the public face of it. I would never be Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. I would love to have their kind of impact, sure, but never would I want to be somebody who's standing on a pulpit, giving inspiration because that's the people who get shot. You and, know what I mean? And I mean that's not there's that nothing really there. wrong with that though. You know, like I always said, like uh, you know, the army needs both people mm-hmm. on the front lines and people on the rear. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can be the front man. The problem is, is that we don't have any Malcolm. It, it, it would be one thing if we had people filling those gaps, but we don't have people filling those gaps, and so true. The the chilling effect that that it has. If if. I think that it's probably better off, yeah, to let people engage with fear with their with their mature mind rather than engaging them with the fearful parts of aspects when they're young. Yeah, that makes sense because when they're young, they don't yeah. have the tools to properly deal with it, and they might come to the wrong conclusion. To take exactly because because the presence of danger is not the guarantee of danger. But you know that's I mean? the beauty of youth. You have time to grow and learn. You know what I mean? Just because exactly. you experienced it once in the time and, and, and it made you afraid of it when you're younger doesn't mean that you're forever bound to remain at that conclusion. Yeah, but, Especially if you plan to be the head of a revolution. Yes. And we just got to be careful in that developmental stage because in that developmental stage, you, you, you can divert the path of the river and then it'll never reach the same place again you know what i mean like definitely and that, that's where the fear that's comes why you in. get them while they're young because they're more malleable yeah and but you know, I, more and, and I think that's part of the goal of that of i think that's awry. i think part of the goal of teaching of, of why why public school wants to teach you about the, the leaders who were assassinated so young and not the leaders who lived 
You know what I mean? Like, Marcus Garvey lived. You know, they don't teach you about the, the leaders who lived in those movements because they, you know, they maybe that fear is something that they that they want to they want the children to 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 encounter very young true you know but there's there's also the double-edged sword though of like you know you can't not speak about them you know what i'm saying because that creates an entirely different problem yeah but i, but just, I think I that you see should contextualize you with should, more people who survive yes, so that it's not just exactly everyone dies you emphasize know I mean? more about the positive yeah you know because it, you know, growing up, I literally only heard about the leaders who died, and I never learned about, you know, the uh, the John Conyers and, you know, the, the, the Bobby Rushes and, you know, people who might have, you know, but, pasts and presents, but, you know, who survived living through— you know they uh, the the civil rights movement and kept pushing and kept on fighting. You know what I mean. You don't hear about them. I mean, it would be nice if school taught a lot of stuff, but school doesn't teach you a lot of stuff like that too. You know what I'm saying? Like school, like like you've said a lot of times, public school is exceptionally lacking. You yeah. know they don't re- they don't they don't teach you about a lot of that stuff because public school's goal is not to educate you; it's to ingratiate you into society and get you to think a specific way. If you want your kids yeah. to know that stuff, you got to teach them that stuff. And it's so crazy. Yeah, no, I think that the <clears throat> unfortunately, yes, it's great that the that public schools talk about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, but I think that talking about them without the context of all of the other black leaders who also were alive and worked at the same time as them and also lived decontextualizes Malcolm and Martin and makes them could make them more of a, uh, of a cautionary tale than the inspiration that they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I think that that's important to, to know so that parents, it's your job now to contextualize that because society won't do it. You know, society clearly is in the... Because society actually would rather not talk about them at all. Yeah. If, you, if you ask the people of Arizona and Texas, they don't even want to talk about Martin Luther King, period. It's much part less of, out. It's part of capitalism trying to keep... Capitalism trying to keep itself alive, you know? It has, yeah. it has no interest in you remembering all the things that's going to make you want to change capitalism. Absolutely, because all these... It's, it's never going to volunteer that information to you. And that's the sad part, is that all of these black leaders were allowed to, to side with black struggles, but as soon as they started getting solidarity among workers boom dead martin luther king wasn't killed when he when he was organizing uh uh uh, marches on washington he was killed when he was organizing sanitation workers that's when he was killed you know what i mean when he organizes march on selma i'm sorry but yeah it's uh it's uh yeah it's it's the, the 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 sad truth that you know we have to contextualize these things properly, you know, whether it's the contextualization of leaders, you know, leaders who die versus leaders who survive, whether it's contextualizing race versus worker solidarity, all of these things are super important, you know what I mean? And then we have to broaden our thoughts on those, but yeah. And once again, have no, oh yeah, yeah, that was based on the, uh, the writers at the root having to go on strike because it's this kind of education that prevents something like this from happening where the root is as a black organization doesn't represent the ideals of black labor 
and fairness and uh, equal uh, rights in 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 the labor market that a black struggle has historically represented in this country. You know what I mean? But yeah, moving on from that, you know, I'll wrap up on this because uh, Biden recently did his State of the Union. And uh, once again, we were unable to escape the looming uh, war in Ukraine going on right now, which leadership 101, giving a State of the Union and the first thing you talk about is a war in other countries is the type of framing that I think is very, very troubling. You know, the fact that America is so okay with framing the state of its prosperity in foreign war, especially foreign war that has so many fingerprints of our clandestine activity, really is disturbing as fuck because the mo- the the media punditry is ecstatic with their rabor- with their saber rattling and the public the let me tell you man the amount of people who don't fucking get anything about how foreign politics works scares the fuck out of me because these people are voting for people to represent them and the people they're voting in to represent them are fully well willing to bring their ridiculous ideas to Congress. And that's a problem, okay? First of all, there is no genuine action that America can take right now that has positive consequences or positive outcomes for America in the Ukraine versus Russia uh, conflict. This is why. Because the two primary levers of power that we can exercise in this situation are sanctions, okay, and foreign aid to Ukraine, military foreign aid to Ukraine. If we send any kind of military or or troops in terms of foreign aid, it'll start a war. So that's pretty much off the table. If we send weapons to the Ukraine, that will only further entrench Putin. Putin is not turning back right now. Call Putin Napoleon right now. He's marching to Moscow no matter what, metaphorically speaking. He's obviously marching to Kiev. And he's not stopping, no matter how many troops he loses on the way there. You know what I mean? So we can arm them to the teeth. All it will cause is a prolonged war with Russia, okay? So that's not a particularly great idea. And so that leaves us with sanctions. But what do sanctions do? Sanctions hurt mostly... It's not going to hurt Putin and the oligarchs. These people are already rich. These people have already accumulated more wealth than is necessary for them to live 10,000 lives. So there's no amount of sanctions that can hurt them. You can stop them from making money, but they don't need money. Okay, so sanctions don't hurt oligarchs. They don't hurt Putin. Who do they hurt? They hurt the Russian public. The same Russian public who at large is protesting, getting arrested at a rate of almost 6,000 people already. The Russian people are not for this war. So sanctions, sanctions will, will only hurt the people who are most adequate to, to affect Putin's decision-making. Putin, while he is not moved by any individual Russian, 
the Russian people at large have a huge effect on on him and how he moves. And so if the Russian people at large can can affect him more so than any other individual, they are the only ones who are empowered right now to really uh 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 end this war. It's because they can go to the Russian Duma, I believe it's called, and 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 try to force their hand. That's the only entity right now that can stop Putin from what it's doing. Because he obviously don't give a shit about uh, the UN. He don't give a shit about NATO. He don't give a shit about the Ukrainian army. He don't give a shit about the American army. So this is, you know, we have, you know, we got to use, we got to play the, the, the hand and the cards that are on the table. You know what I mean? So, you know, the fact that that's what he opened the State of the Union with, I think speaks terribly for the country. He opened with three non-starters pretty much. And so yeah, you know, that that didn't spell great for the remainder of his term because I'm pretty sure he's going to be a one-term president. I can't I can't see him getting elected again. And I sure as hell don't see Kamala Harris getting elected. Um so yeah, that's how we started the state of the union and then my man, my man went full big balls and was like, yo, we need to fund the police. Now, if, if you don't like defund the police, you don't like abolish the police, fine. That's a debate that's worth having. But for, but for the open lie to be told that we need to fund the police more when the facts on the ground are that a not a single the police department has been funded in any kind of less manner than the prior years not a single police department has received less funding than the prior years in america means that there is no such thing as defund and the fact that there's no sociological data to show that increasing police funding increases positive outcomes from policing so the fact that they keep saying this shit just shows on the face of it that these people, man, man, they are some they are some epic liars, dude. Like they they're not just benign actors. They're not just people who are bad at doing the good they want to do. These are active bad actors. These are people who have the people who have the general public's worst interest at in mind. And so I don't give a shit who they nominate. I don't give a shit who they bring onto the Supreme Court. I don't expect good things to come from them. They have definitely put themselves in a position of, you're going to have to prove it to me first. You know, and it's a real shame. It's a real shame. You know, the State of the Union, you know, this was really his time to root, to try to bring the country together. And all he did was shore up a very small, tiny section of the Democratic Center. He totally fucking alienated uh, minorities all throughout the, the speech. I mean, it, it, it's bad news, man. I, I, the Democrats, and it's crazy because I thought that the Republicans going full fucking Trump was them abdic abdicating. We no longer want to govern anymore. We're putting a fucking failed real estate magnate at the top of our ticket. We put it, last time we put a fucking hockey mom from Alaska on the ticket. You know, we're not giving no fucks. We've abdicated governance. I thought that that's what, the Republicans were doing and you know that was going to create the vacuum for the Democrats to do their thing 
But then the Democrats were like, no, 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 no. Do me a favor. Hold my beer. We're not particularly interested in governing either, guys. And so, you know, you have Biden. And, and that's the worst part is, is that they're just talking out their ass. They're literally talking out their ass. And the, 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 the presence of social media has made it way too easy for people to generally see, like, yes, you can use social media and see a lot of fake news. And you can also use social media and get a lot of valid news. And the fact of the matter is, is that I think that the vast majority of people are actually getting reasonable information from uh, their trusted news sites. And yes, there is a fringe minority and they are very, very powerful in a country who only 30% of the people actually vote who are capable of voting. So yes, in that state fucking the fringies the who are all going to their to their news sites and 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 getting crazy ideas and queuing on and all that stuff they're still outsiders the vast majority of people using the internet can suss out decent information and they can see the bullshit that's being so, spoken to them a lot of people can see the bullshit you know what i mean and so for him to just go up there and say shit like that like like, the whole fund the police thing is, like, such a blatant, like, n n no police department has been defunded. What are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Seriously. This whole Ukrainian thing is a whole boondoggle. And, you know, he's over here talking about, you know, we need to send send uh, 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 fucking drones to fucking to, to Ukraine and, and arms. And it's like, dude... That's only going to make a prolonged entrenched situation in Ukraine. That's not in the Ukrainian people's best interest at all, in the least. You know what I mean? And it, it, I don't know where we go from here because there is no hope in the political scene. And the political scene is such a huge driver in what goes on in this country fuck man like it's 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 all bad like you don't even see the prevalence of like the bernie sanders and the aocs anymore like they 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 got turned into a trend you know what i mean and i'm sure they're in there legislating and they're voting but they don't have the ability to move the people at large like they were because once they're relegated back to their constituencies they don't do shit i'm sorry but bernie has not done shit as a legislator He's a, he's a great person, and he's a great uh, uh, representative, but as a legislator, he don't get shit done. AOC doesn't get shit done as a legislator. She's a great person and a great politician. And so seeing them just shunted to the side of the, of the media sphere the way that they have been is really sad because that's where their real power was, you know? And so... I really don't see where much of this this country's going. Biden's talking about building a new uh, uh, chip manufacturing plant in, in, uh, uh, with Intel. And all it is is $52 billion of tax, uh, of tax breaks to a company that has $52 billion. You know what I mean? Like, it really bothers the shit out of me that these companies are getting these huge tax breaks. And it's like, no, let them spend the fucking money. Let them spend the money before you start, you know, giving them kickbacks, you know? Like, it's crazy because all that means is that it's going to increase our taxes because that money's not coming out the defense budget. 
And you can't cut any of our other budgets any smaller. So, you know, it's only going to work. So now we're going to pay more for for uh, in taxes so that Intel can build a, a, a factory here. And I guess what they're going to do with that factory, they're going to automate that bitch and hire 150 people. You know what I mean? For our $52 billion tax bill. You know, and so it's like, you know, you know, Biden, you talk about this shit, you frame it all nice and rosy and it ain't shit. And so, yeah, the, the state of the union is, is is not good, you know, and and it's a shame because you you can't even say that you can't even be honest with the American people. You can't even be honest with them and say, hey, state of the union is, is that we're in transition. We're moving to a better place. You know what I mean? You don't have to say it's bad now, you know, and, and we need to make it better. You can just say, hey, we're transitioning to a better place. You know, if, if, if these people are linguistic masters, you know, you frame it however you want. But you one someday America has to come to grips with we need to be better than what we are. We can't just keep going on the way that this is. And 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 once more, Biden has chosen to kick the can, you know, but I mean, not that I should have expected anything different, you know. Not that he was the the agent of change that that would have done so. Bernie, man, I would have expected something like that from like a Bernie. But we ain't never gonna see that shit. And I'm really I'm I, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see what happens in 2024 because it's gonna be some wild Republican shenanigans, dog. They're gonna put some. They're gonna put a wild motherfucker in in in, in power. Because I'm 99 percent sure the Democrats can't win next next election. I don't think that they could do it. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> they both worship the same God. You know what I'm saying? No, you know what it is. The mostly money, though, money, it's money. mostly to see what the what the jack shits on the, in the public, because you know they they like to reflect the people in power. You know, it, when Trump was in power, it was it was a lot more of the uh, of the of the brazen white supremacist and the brazen racism. So it depends on which demagogue they choose next time. Like God, God forbid, it's Trump again. Gosh, I really hope not. I mean, that I might be the only that way that point. they might have a chance. If the Democrats have a chance, is if they offer up Trump again. I don't think nobody wants him again. What'd you say? Uh, I don't even remember. But yeah, you know, like it, it, it's a shame. But yeah, that was pretty much long and short of what I got out of the State of the Union. Not a whole lot. A whole lot of shit talking about uh, stuff that should not be really affecting the state of our union like yes the, i guess as much as foreign affairs does affect us you know those kind of things are are uh on the mind but there's no way that the core of our state of a union should should come off with 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 that but i guess he had nothing else to read that it, it was distraction he was looking for you know what I mean? It's the distraction he was looking for to distract from everything else that he's failing to do. The fact that, bro, <laughs> and, and, and to wrap up on the State of the Union, Biden definitely gave out crack pipes. <laughs> definitely handed out those crack pipes. So he did come through on some of his promises. But alrighty, guys, we'll we'll wrap up on that. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Thank you for joining us again. If you did enjoy, feel free to uh, subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or on Patreon.com. You could also follow us on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You could also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Rico GVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thank you again for joining us and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.